The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game, the show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined this week by two excellent co-hosts. Laura Nash. And Shane Kelly. And this week, we are talking about Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush is a uh, rhythm action. This is vaguely in the character action. Is it character action? Is that what they call that sort of like, you know, XXY game genre? Uh, I think... The, XXY you know, game? Oh, you know, I... I, I Combo? That's a, yeah, it's like a derisive... I, I've heard that. Have you guys not heard that? Like, as a, No, as a... I, I don't hang around in derisive circles. Oh, oh, you're I too, don't, po- I don't... too much positivity. Yes, yes. Okay. It's sort of like it's sort of like a derisive genre name, kind of like Walking Simulator, because like it's a you know uh, action games that are all just about like you know hitting like light light heavy until you get to a boss and then hit light light heavy and light light heavy and you know the God of War likes and such that kind of kind of thing I think, but like that that that's aside. I wasn't I was not not trying to be trying to sidetrack us onto uh, uh, derisive game genre uh, title corner uh we're talking about hi-fi yeah, rush you're right and Reagan. I- games like this are stupid <laughs> <laughs> not real everybody uh, it's a really not good true. game guys i think it's one. a really good game i was <laughs> never mind this one uh is a uh a game pass special and we're a little late covering it it came out a while ago yeah. now uh not that long ago it's just the start of this year we're on uh, our own schedule. It's okay. End of January. Reagan, you don't have this is a this is your podcast and we are beholden to no publishers or anything like that. We if we want to cover a game that came out 3 years ago or 30 years ago. Guess what everybody? Old games are still good games. In fact, <laughs> they they probably respect your time more than 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 trying to chase whatever the latest new hot thing is. Then in so. the spirit of not being derisive, let's let Reagan finish the intro. Oh, uh, there's uh, there's not much more to it. I was just going to say that this game uh, comes to us from the uh, the developer Tango Gameworks. And the thing that stuck out to the to me the most when this when this dropped, I mean, this dropped as part of a big Microsoft event and uh, and was like a, you know, a surprise release. Uh, I keep hearing um, gamery type people refer to this uh, new release phenomenon as shadow drops, which I think is making it sound entirely too exciting. But it's a it's a game that was announced and released on the same day, a game that was uh, not even really rumored uh, before it was released and it released directly on to Game Pass, uh, which is great because it was, you know, announced in this big high profile Gamers, way. This is a shadow drop. Shadow you drop. never cease to amuse me, blue hedgehog. <laughs> Um, And so it dropped directly onto Game Pass, which I think helped a lot for adoption. It's gotten a lot of very, you know, good, uh, good, um, good buzz. If you want to live, you'll leave the emeralds where they are. (laughs) But you could be excused for thinking this was some kind of like, like awesome indie that you never heard of. But actually, this is from uh, Tango Gameworks. Uh, Tango Gameworks is like a sub studio of Bethesda. 
Um, but it's like Shinji Mikami's studio. Um, the uh, they're the the people that did the last like Evil Within and Evil Within Two and Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, so like primarily known for horror, you know, a a spinoff f- from Shinji Mikami's like left Capcom to start Tango GameWorks. Yeah, he was the God Hand guy. I always wanted to play God Hand. Oh, that game whips. But is that yeah. is that really him? I didn't realize. Yeah, that, that was that's him. So no, that's Wikipedia. Oh, no, you're right. Oh, dang, you're right. Oh, man. I I was for some reason mixing that up. But yeah. um, Yeah. No, no. God Hand is great. (laughs) Talk about like old games that just we couldn't quite do that one on the show, man. But like, man, that would really be that's really overdue for a uh, for a re-release and like a new look like God Hand. God Hand just a little a little too old for for your uh, if you're a. estimate of what should go on this podcast right well how long is it that's the question it's you don't have to answer it long. on the podcast it's, it's also on playstation 2 mm. so that's a tricky one to get back to but actually like thinking about it now like that has a little bit of the like action vibe that this does and the and the wild uh like sense of humor that this does um but uh yeah this is this is uh from Tango Gameworks, who have pretty much only done horror, and this is about the most direct opposite of uh, horror yeah. that you can think of at this point. A little, little bit of body horror. Although, they did say it was inspired by Shaun of the Dead, for what it's worth. Really? I don't well, see and it by... I think it's more, they said Shaun of the Dead and other Edgar Wright films, and I'm like, oh, so you mean Scott Pilgrim? Because I see that one. I can see that one maybe a little more. It's uh, it's a really strange game. Uh, the very first bit, you know, it, when it boots up, you are a uh, oh, well, maybe now's not the right time to do the question. Let's keep going. Yeah, go for it. We've you've beautiful <laughs> no, transition into already, it. Now I've already I've already ruined the the rhythm. I'll just this keep is going the way. Listeners, <laughs> Reagan Reagan loves to flow us right into this. Yeah, but this is a music game, and before we start talking any more about the gameplay or anything like that, I've got to impose on you with my uh, mandatory banter. Uh, so I thought I'd ask uh, because this is a music game. Let's say Shane, Laura, that you have just gone down to the store and picked up a new pair of headphones, or let's say maybe that you've gotten a. Uh, an iPod embedded in your chest cavity. Mm-hmm. Let's say that's <laughs> happened to you. Oh, yes. And uh, you were picking what to listen to on it first to just check things out, see how these new cans or whatever sound. What are you picking? What are you choosing to listen to first? Uh, for actual calibration, I choose something that falls into my self-described genre of indie orchestral or actual orchestral. I'm going to pull out an Andrew Bird. Nervous took motion of the head to the left. I'm going to pick like a weird, like room full of teeth acapella thing. I'm going to pick something very like, you know, something you could play in a cathedral and it would sound very cool. Lots of beeps and boops and different instruments because I want to hear everything. And then once it's calibrated, listen to my normal stuff, which is pop music and podcasts. So I calibrate them beautifully (laughs) to listen to myself at my greatest music appreciation. And then I know I just go back to my, my hot loving self so um, yeah if i'm honest the real answer for me is probably like 12 kbps mono spoken word content from a podcast but but i do (laughs) every time i get a really nice pair of headphones i calibrate them and i have a beautiful uh you know a cigar ross like i listen to some very nice music Mm. on it and i'm like this is what these headphones can do and then i never 
make them do that again. How about you, Shane? Uh, you know, I, I guess I kind of want to give two answers because, uh, yeah, the, 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 the boring answer is actually, yeah, my headphones are like 95% podcast delivery devices. I'll often keep just one of them in, uh, keep the other AirPod in the case. Uh, but when I'm actually testing out speakers or headphones, I do kind of have a go-to song and that is Heroes by David Bowie. I just feel like mm. that's a good song. Uh, I mean, it's just a, it's a great song, but uh, it also has a, a pretty wide variety of sound and like mm-hmm. kind of covers a big, a big sound space. So uh, that's a, that's a good one to test out. It's got some nice lows and highs and, you know, uses a lot of the range. So that's a good one to go with. My answer is um, very not rock. And that's a, a kind of in line with what Laura was saying. Like the, the, the very specific song I usually do this with is uh, Sadie by Joanna Newsom. Um, mm-hmm. It's not my favorite of her songs. I absolutely adore Joanna Newsom. I know she's divisive. Shane always tells me she thinks he thinks she sounds like a screeching old woman. She um, but she's she's the greatest singer songwriter of our time. She's wonderful. She's great. And uh, Sadie <laughs> is a song that begins with <laughs> maybe her most screechy screech. Oh, no. Um, but it's a sound uh, that the, the very first sound in this song, uh, you, I, you know instantly if your speakers or headphones sound right because, because not they all never them, will again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a real trial by fire. Like It is not all uh, speakers can reproduce Joanna Newsom's um, uh, you know, screechy, beautiful tones. Uh, in the way that you know, like it, it. So yeah, if you if you have a second, uh, she's on Apple Music. She's not not on Spotify. She's been disputing with them for for her entire career. But if you have Apple Music and you go look up, um, Sadie by Joanna Newsom, um, prepare yourself before that very first sound, um, but also probably just uh, after that, I'll just put on a random um, Mountain Goats playlist and and yep. see how that sounds. But I will say the music in this game is nothing like anything we just cited. No, yeah, this this game's first track uh, is Lonely Boy from the Black Keys. Uh, and uh, I was, uh, I, I think it sets a good tone, uh, but it's also fe- felt a little out of place in like a, a super multicolored uh, sci-fi action game. Uh, what do you guys before we dig into the the gameplay, what did you guys think of the? Because this is such a music first, music focused thing. Like, what did you guys think of the music and soundtrack? I mean, I saw Black Eyed Keys when I was in Chicago at Lollapalooza, and at the time, I was like, "What a nice throwback band I'm listening to." <laughs> and I live in New York now. Um, that's not saying it's like bad. I just I expected from the look it was going to be much more like Japanese, much more bubblegum. Me um, too. I was fine with the rock music. Oh, I played this with the sound off. It's <laughs> you can't, <laughs> Shane. This is a uh, yeah. I, I was also kind of at first glance. You look at this with the with the incredible colors and the sort of you know punky, fun sci-fi vibe, and you think, oh well, maybe they're doing sort of a jet set radio thing here, and so maybe they're going to be doing some you know weird funky beats or something. And it's not that. It is it is a rock game. Speaking of um, Jet Set Radio, we're getting that kind of spiritual successor sometime in this year. It was originally 
coming out a little I was originally going to be out by now but it's called Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Have you seen any of the ads for that? Yeah, I've seen some trailers. Yeah, it looks fun. it's coming out this summer. Looks cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will confess I'm much more like soundtrack wise like I am a Sinarwa Hearts type of listener, mm. but I will say um this game reminded me of the something I was told when I was doing research into wedding playlists and wedding DJs and that is that everybody will go on the dance floor for songs that were hits when they were in college. And mm. that's the vibe of this game. It's like, ah, these these are not this is not a game played by current 19-year-olds. This is this is a game designed by adults who are like, I love Nine Inch Nails, I love the Black Keys, I love Prodigy, Flaming Lips, Fiona Apple. <laughs> like these are my bands. And you know, bless. Like honestly, I had fun with music. I can't complain about the Many, many, many dollars they must have spent on it. I just found it very unexpected and funny. I I couldn't look up, uh, I couldn't find easily how old the director of this game is, but Shinji Mikami is 57 and lines up. Yeah. Lines up. Yeah, like this is that this is dad rock. It's college and like the 10 years after college, and then you stop listening to music, is the theory. Yeah. And that's been true for me, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's Everybody. really depressing to, to the, the degree to which I've completely tuned out of like music as a medium. Like I'm, I, I, I when you, I, I like to blame this on having kids, but I think it's more just a, a stage of life thing where like, I don't listen to music that I'm not already familiar with much anymore. It's rough, but I, even I like listened to this, the soundtrack of this game and I was a little like, oh, move on guys. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was funny to be too. I think, you know, actually contrasting it with the sci-fi, it sort of feels like, yeah, they'll definitely be listening to my favorite college playlist when I, you know, when they, when they're building robots. Totally, I will say I was quite confused about like these people will be into black keys and these people need a lot of tutorials <laughs> because they've never played a video game before. And I was like, what is happening? Why are mm. these two things happening at the same time? But Shall we explain what the game is about? Yeah, let so let's let's do uh, let's do story stuff at the front. Does anybody want to talk about the the intro or the beginning of the it. story? I'll give you the intro. Sure. Uh, so the game starts off. Um, so the the protagonist is a kid named Chai, uh, who is seemingly obsessed with music and and wants to be a rock star. Uh, I think he puts on his ID future rock star, uh, and he is trying to sign up for what seemed like a internship or something at a place called uh, Vandalay Technology. And Vandalay Technology is uh, giving people robots, robot arms. I don't know. Uh, he <laughs> uh, Chai has a kind of a disabled arm and he's signed up for some sort of program where uh, they are getting ready to replace his arm with a robot arm. And that does happen. It's a pretty sweet robot arm. Uh, but <laughs> it's funny he, because it has this sort of like futuristic body horror element to it where he's like going into some program to be partially robotified and have his mm-hmm. limbs removed. Um, it was broken, I, Reagan. What are you going to do with a broken arm? Wait for it to get healed? He got sprained. He has it in a tiny little like like a like a like it's a not even sling. a cast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like was... oh, well, I can see why he wants that removed and replaced with with unfeeling steel, right? Mm-hmm. Like and as he's on his way in, uh I think I forget, like did the 
did the receptionist lady uh, take his iPod or he dropped it or something? Yeah, they have him put, you know, he's going in for, you know, incredibly damaging body altering surgery. And he puts all of his stuff in a little bin. And his his iPod iPod. gets like tossed through all the machines and like lands on his chest. And vacuum sealed into his body. Yeah, when the arm applicator uh, (laughs) encases him in steel, uh, it also sticks his robe, his iPod into his heart. It just <laughs> like Iron squishes Man. it right on in there um, and, and puts so an Iron Man glass cover I, on the front. I kind of have to stop for a second because we're the way I'm the way we're explaining this isn't like fully selling the the vibe here. Hi-Fi Rush. Um, this intro segment is very effectively done in the style of kind of a modern American cartoon. Like a modern yes. te- cartoon for t- for teens or, or kids, uh, and it does that with a really good combination of uh, you know three D animated characters with very good cell shading, very seamlessly mixed with uh, a good deal of like hand drawn backgrounds and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say the the art style for me. I mean, I don't have a huge range of uh, uh, you know frame of reference on uh, cartoons for kids but it reminded me of uh, that uh, that that she-ra cartoon that they did mm. a while ago in terms of the style uh, I can see that yeah it does have that sort of that, it is sort of interesting that it's you know it's a, it, from a Japanese developer um, the the director I don't know if he's in Japan but I don't believe he's Japanese by based on his name. Uh, in fact, actually, I heard I heard an interview with him on a podcast a while ago, so I know he's not Japanese, but I don't know where he lives or where he's from. Um, has a pretty standard American accent, so I guess this is a you know. Uh, uh, anyway, um, but it doesn't it doesn't read as anime at all. It reads no, as an American cartoon. And that's, that's actually kind of uncommon. Like you don't get a lot of things that have, you, you get a lot of anime in inspired, uh, like cell shaded art in games, but you don't get this vibe very much. And I really kind of appreciated it. Um, I, I love an anime game as much as the next guy, but, uh, this was a little bit of a breath of fresh air. Depends who that next guy is. I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I thought it was pretty good in terms of just the the look of it and the 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 scenery. Everything was really well done. Um, if I were to like maybe I, I probably should get back to telling the story of the game, but uh, if I were going to critique the look of it, uh, I, there's almost no enemy in a video game that can become quite so samey as robots. That, yeah. that's literally mass produced. How do you feel about boxes? How do I feel? Like, ooh, do you guys like breaking crates? Uh, <laughs> love it. I love to break a crate. <laughs> so the um, the the story of the game, you know, he gets in there, he gets his robot arm, and then he meets up with a uh, robotic cat uh, named. Oh, well, now he is defective because he's got the rhythm in his soul or whatever from his uh, his little iPod Iron Man heart. circle yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, that means that the charming cast of villains uh, is going to be after him. And I think the intro sets them up pretty well. I sets them up yeah. really well, but I forgot their names already. Uh, I I have a page Thank pulled you. up with all I of their names. You. So one of the things I love about this, the, the character names and character designs are all phenomenal. Um, it has the the feel of like, you know, somebody put a lot of care into um, the like character designs. They're all these like super cartoony like over the top characters but they're very they're very distinctive um almost all of the characters have food names which is a thing that i love to see so chai obviously and the other like heroes or or like resistance fighters uh peppermint macaron and the robot c n m n uh, cinnamon um and then many of the uh, many of the bad guys also have food names like Mimosa or Kale Vandalay. Um, not all of them do, though. For some reason, they broke that with things like Rekka or Zonzo, unless there's a food called a Zonzo that I've never heard of. Um, but the characters are all really great. Like future food. <laughs> exactly. Everyone's going to be eating Zonzos in 10 years. Uh, but yeah, it's really, they're really, and they also, oh, also, of course, 808 is not a food, but 808 is uh, named after the Roland uh, TR-808 synthesizer, or I guess it's like a drum machine or something. I forget. Oh, okay. Um, so. Uh, Nate, the, where are you? Yeah, Nate. Oh, man, Nate should have been on this episode, man. It's okay. He's, he's the music guy on the podcast, and he uh, he would know, for example, what a, uh, a Roland, uh, whatever I just said was, uh, <laughs> the TR-808. Um, but, uh, he's not here. Hi, Nate. We miss you. Um, he also is more of a rock guy than any of us, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. He certainly looks like more of a rock guy than any of us. Makes it a band. I mean, he actually has bona fides. Like, he does. He totally does. We're talking like he, like in the abstract, um, bear hive. Long live bear hive. Long live bear hive. Um, so let's see, where were we? Um, this is kind of like a, a mishmash of different influences, if you want to call like f food and music influences. And on top of that, there's this whole thing of Vandalay, where the 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 world that you're in, this the is the campus for a tech company, an evil tech company. And wow, an uh, evil tech every company. Place you, I know. Uh, <laughs> and every place you go through uh, is like making your way through the different uh, departments of that tech company. So there's like QA and there's, um, I forget what the other ones were like finance or stuff. stuff Security. Like that. Yeah. R and D. So yeah, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of different things going on here. Uh, what did you guys think of the, I mean, we're talking a lot about the characters. I think the characters are the, are the selling point for this game. What did you think of the characters? Um, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if the characters are the selling point of this game. We haven't even talked about it's like oh, yeah, the, the rhythm mechanics and fighting, rhythm, which are up. the yeah. are the selling points. But I we're kind of so holding right. that for a little later. It, the, well, the selling point is it was free because it's on Game Pass. But that's uh, also a selling point. Yeah. Um, although it's also on Steam. So if you don't have uh, Game Pass, you can pick that up this up there. Um, it is not on PlayStation because this is wholly owned by the Microsoft Corporation. Um, the uh, the characters are great. I enjoyed the so this is a game that has like it's fully, you know, it's squeezing on the cheese. Um, it's it's goofy. It's a cartoon, um, but it has some moments that are really legitimately funny, like laugh out loud, funny bits. Not all of it. You know, it's got some like very like, you know, it also uh, has PG some very cringe, yes, cringy quips. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you like your video game chock full of quips. 
Oh boy. Made you like somebody to say, "Uh, you sound like a video game tutorial." <laughs> like that that la- that left me laughing actually. I, I did laugh. I got to confess I laughed, but I also kind of didn't like myself for laughing. <laughs> but it, but I, that's I'm just saying that's a, it stuck in my head cuz it was memorable, right? It so. was. Yeah. Th- there's some really good moments in this. The characters are very um I think honestly Chai is a little annoying, but like at least he's not like He's he's not like video game protagonist guy, right? He's not like I'm the um, you know, the savior of the universe tough guy. He is an overconfident, silly, young uh guy who dreams of being a rock star and is falling from uh from uh you know, deadly situation to deadly situation full of optimism and oblivious to danger for the most part. Um, and I like that. I, I think he's fun. Um, I think the interplay between him and Peppermint, uh, the sort of, you know, too cool for school, uh, you know, blue hair chick, uh, who's the hacker behind the scenes kind of leading you through the, the, the maze of the place. Um, uh, that, that, that's fun. They, that they work well together and they're constantly talking, even as you're doing like platforming levels and stuff. That's great. And, um, yeah, overall the the story works. It's a cartoon. It's not exactly deep, um, but it's fun. I liked it. Um, so, I, and I, they, they, there was more of it than I was expecting. Like every level begins with like uh, you know a little them setting out a plan and talking about their plan, and uh, you know bosses get introduced with like full scenes where the boss tells you about themselves, and there's a lot of talking back and forth, and uh-huh. um, you know real real cartoon characters it's all it, there's a lot more going on story-wise in this than in a lot of the games that we play which is surprising given that it's it's so light and you know and and cute and funny and an xy it, and an xxy yeah. yeah um let's talk about that xxy gameplay um this is a uh so if you've played games like you know character action or stylish action games um you know anything from your god of wars to your devil may cries to your you know whatever's um this has that kind of vibe it alternates between sort of platforming 3d platforming which is never the greatest but this does it fine you know reasonable 3d platforming moving around through various different spaces and kind of like arena style battles so like you'll walk into a room the door is shut robots are here fight them um and at first it's doing a lot of tutorialization so the robots are very simple and the combat system the the big uh, sort of innovation of this game. The big thing is it's, it's selling point is that because you have the robot heart, the the iPod heart uh, that's constantly playing music, um, you and everything around you in the game world is moving on the beat. And it's not like like Cadence of Hyrule or something where if you don't move on the beat, then you're screwing up and you're going to die. Um, it's it's more that just like everything just naturally goes on the beat all the things moving around you in the world like traffic lights blinking and and things bouncing around in the background are all moving on the beat the enemies are attacking on the beat they're stepping on the beat they're walking on the beat they're hitting you on the beat and your attacks also always go on the beat even if you don't quite actually hit the buttons that you want to hit on the beat the game will put them on the beat it's everything stays on beat naturally now the combat 
you do better if you do try to hit the beat. So certain combos will require that you hit things on the beat. Um, and, uh, like there's a lot of moves that you do more powerful attacks and take less damage if you're hitting things on the beat or blocking on the beat. But even if you hit a little early or a little late things, it doesn't like, it's not like the, the bad feeling in guitar hero where like you're screwing up and the music starts sounding worse and you know, nothing is going right. And it's hard to get back on the beat and nothing makes sense. Actually, it's easier, I think, to stay on the beat here because it's automatically keeping things on the beat for you constantly. You 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 listed this as the like innovation of the game, though, and I I don't know how much of an innovation it is to kind of mash up something like this with with a rhythm game. I it had me thinking back about like how many rhythm game slash other genre mashups have we covered or, or talked about on this show, right? Not that long ago, we played, uh, well, we actually didn't cover, but I, we did play a lot of like Metal Hellsinger. That's mm-hmm. a rhythm game shooter mashup. Uh, we definitely covered a rhythm game dungeon crawl mashup. That was uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. I think we did two multiple versions of that. It's going back mm-hmm. a few years. Uh, there's a lot of games that kind of bring these things together. I'm thinking about to like maybe Bit Trip Runner. I think what I'm specifically saying is an innovation here, though, is the fact that things are on the beat all the time anyway. And like it's it's sort of always like lightly guiding you to be on the beat. And it's not scolding you if you don't hit on the beat. You just do better if you're on the beat. And they have a lot of different uh, difficulty options, including an easy one where they really round like for the people with lag or really no rhythm um, versus very precise for those people who play expert guitar hero. So I think it's a very forgiving rhythm game. Um, uh, We also covered Thumper, which is that rhythm Mm -hmm. violence game. Um, (laughs) We've done shoot. I've done rhythm shooters. They I did. I love the name wa- rhythm one, If we're thinking about so like good. easy, easier side of rhythm games, we were very positive on Wander Song. Uh, yes, that has sort of a sort of a rhythm game element to it. Eh, sort of, yeah. At, at times, uh, and this has sort of like um, mini game type stuff too. And there, there's things like you know, I've got to open a lock, and it requires hitting you know um, A B X Y or whatever in a very particular rhythmy kind of way. Um, but th- the combat itself is like rhythm based, but does not rely 100% on your ability to execute on the beat. Um, and that's, I think, an improvement over something like Crypt of the Necrodancer for me in terms of just like being able to casually enjoy the thing, um, because I, I wasn't constantly like worried that I was going to get off beat and die. I think it feels more like uh, like the character action game that it really is than like a rhythm game. Um, but having that little bit of rhythm in everything, in literally everything, like everything on screen is moving to the, everything that moves is moving to the beat to some, to some degree. Um, that just does kind of give it this feel of like, I'm in a groove, I'm going to keep moving. Um, and there's so many fun little things that do move on the beat. Like if you, if you watch like even little stuff that you would, wouldn't notice unless you're looking carefully, like, um, Chai stands still and he starts snapping his fingers to the beat. And, you know, you see him doing that and you can time it's in time with, you know, it's in time with the stoplights blinking in the background. It's in time with the uh, air coming the, out of the vents. Yeah. yeah coming out in, in little rhythmic puffs. Um, literally everything. I really, really like that about it. I think it's just absolutely like it's charming, 
you like notice little things that like cute, funny robots are doing in the background and they're on the beat. It's and great. the thing that really differentiates us from other rhythm games is there's no oopsies. The whole world got out of sync. Like there's no, it's no, it's not like rock band when mm-hmm. all of the, you mess up and then the music dies and the fan dies. Yeah. Like there's literally no state where you can get out, like where the world will stop grooving. Mm-hmm. There are times where you do have to hit on the beat for like uh, essentially little mini games within the game. So the first thing that comes to mind is that there are times where you have to um, uh, like parry by blocking on the beat. And if you don't figure out how to execute on those parries, they're pretty forgiving. It's not like Dark Souls parries or something. But if you don't figure out how to execute on those, then you're going to die at certain points and uh, kind of need to try it again. But it's very heavily checkpointed. You know, you can just jump into a lava pit at any point and you're pretty much just going to respawn right where you were outside the lava pit. And if you die on a boss fight, it's going to drop you right back at the beginning of that boss fight. You're not going to have to, like, make your way there again. Not even it's the very beginning forgiving. of the boss fight, like the the beginning of the last phase of the boss fight. Yeah, sometimes even within the fight. Yeah, um, it's it's an incredibly forgiving game. And that meant that I, I had I felt a lot of like forward momentum through it. Um, it was fun to play. It was it was, you know, fun to play with my kids. Uh, they liked watching it, I think, just because of the cartoon visuals. I don't think they were particularly, uh, you know, they didn't really get the plot. Um, but then again, neither did I. So it didn't matter. Like many beat em up type games, you can buy more combos. I, of course, mm. was like, I can learn two combos. And that's all I can remember. And then I will buy permanent health and energy meter updates because I cannot remember combos and I will just hit baby. So (laughs) I, you know, I liked, I think it was X, Y, X. There's one that you can cause like a little explosion, like a little Mm, burst um, where you target one enemy and then you cause a burst around it, which is also one of my favorite D and D attacks. So like, that's the kind of stuff I spent my money. I was like, eh, Two things, one for bursts and one for crit damage on a single person. And that's all my mental stake and handle. I don't know if you have um, the like Mortal Kombat ability to memorize more than two combos, but I have, I was playing this ill. So I was like, two combos, done. You can totally play it that way, though. Like this game is okay with you like doing the same combos again and again. Um, I, I, I'll, I did a little more than that, but I, I kind of feel you like the, this game. Um, you know, I've played games like, for example, the Devil May Cry series, which um, I think also Shinji Mikami. No, I forget. Never mind. Sorry. I'm a bad gamer today. Um, but anyway, um, like that really relies on you learning this like broad set of combos and uh, and, you know, using them, deploying them in like stylish ways right and you can play this game that way like if you want to get uh like to be fancy and really go wild with like lots of fun situational combos there are a lot of really cool combos that you can learn in this game uh and you have to you know acquire them with the point system like laura said and then memorize the button combos and remember how to use them in particular situations like this one's only valid if you're in the air and this one only works if you are uh, you know going up against somebody who has shields that you need to destroy that kind of thing um and that's cool. That's like a really, you know, that that's a cool system. But this this is more than any game that I've played that has that kind of system. It doesn't really uh, require you to get good at it. It really does 
um, at least for the amount of the game that I played, which I'll, we'll talk about how far we all got with this. I don't think any of us completed this one, but at least with the, as far as I got, even against bosses, which sometimes got a little tough, I, I never, um, I never felt like I was like absolutely required to move beyond my little pet set of like five combos that I kept cycling through. Um, so yeah, it, it's a little, and that's why it's not really a genre that I play a lot. Like I don't, I don't really gravitate to these. Um, I don't like Bayonetta, for example. I know everyone likes that game. I do not enjoy it. Um, like there are a lot of games that have this kind of, kind of like, you know, uh, character action, you know, 3d third person, uh, arena combat combo system type of steez. And like, it's just, it's just not a thing I usually gravitate towards. You know, what pulled me in here was the, the rhythm aspect and the fun, uh, visuals and characters. And I was just sort of like along for the ride on the combo on the combat, like trying to, trying to keep up. Um, but yeah, I think that folks who do like that kind of combat and there are a lot of them will probably find something to appreciate here. It it was pretty cathartic. I mean, just again, smashing so many crates and robots. Um, and some of the robots you weren't allowed to smash so that I was confused. Like which robots can you smash? You can't, you cannot smash the union workers, the manual laborers, Unless sometimes the people mopping the floor you can mess with, but the other ones you can't. I was like, eh. I, I, I kind of wanted for science and the podcast to figure out who you could, if there was um a rhyme or reason to who you could I think attack. It's just and who the security robots that you can destroy. Um, you can you also st- break some some of the bot bots. You can break. Mm. It is very funny because like all the robots are like hapless abused workers and they have like little personalities and you get lots of scenes with them like pushing mops or like um, trying to trying to look professional when the boss walks in the room uh, or that one note. I will say there was a early in the game, maybe the second level, there is a robot who has so many boxes stacked and is going will someone help me with the boxes will someone help me with these boxes and you can run up and get around and get some kind of energy some kind of part piece whatever the equivalent is in this game um and then there is a like a a hook above his head and i was like oh surely i can use this and help this poor downtrodden worker i was like nope it's inactive and i kept trying i was like maybe i can jump on it and i tried for literally five minutes to help this robot and i looked up a cheat and they were just like go past him and crawl in the air vent and i was like Uh, what how are you not supposed to side quest help this dude uh i mean you know it's they they put out you're just supporting the system mr snow I gave you all the clues. Like there was all the pieces to like create, like lift these things off this robot. And I was like, yes, this is a puzzle. There's a puzzle in this game. Now, Laura, it is your turn. Uh, it was not a puzzle. Um, I assume it's cut content then. Oh, <laughs> maybe it's new game plus. Maybe you oh, go back yeah. and you're actually able to activate the machines and help the workers. Mm, um, not yes, in round in, one. In, in the new game plus, you uh, you start a, a robot rebellion and, and release them all instead of uh, systematically destroying hundreds of them. Hmm. Uh, it is very just funny the though, that the uh the fact that like the robots are all just guys and you're just like <laughs> mowing them down and it's like they're all just like 
it's a living. Gotta go get sorted to death. <laughs> this is not a this is not a new problem in video games. No, but it's different when they're funny robot guys with like like put upon personalities who are like uh, you know See, annoyed this is exactly at why they make them robots and not like you know. This is an Undertale, guys. folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Uh, is there anything left to say about Hi-Fi Rush? I, I would just tell folks that I think this game is absolutely worth it, worth a try. I think um, it's you know it, it it gained a lot of uh, of juice from being uh, you know a day one drop on Game Pass. Um, but even if you're not in that ecosystem, uh, if you do like this style of game, I think it's probably worth picking up. Um, you know, it's uh, it's on Steam. Um, it's available uh, to purchase on uh, on Xbox. Even if you're not a Game Pass subscriber, you can get it there. Um, and I think it's really fun. I, I had a lot of fun playing it, and my kids liked watching it. Um, and uh, so we mostly would only turn it off when I got tired of XXYing it. The kids were the kids were enthusiastic about it the whole way through. So that was fun. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I thought it was super fun. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it too. I mean, this isn't a game that's totally to my taste. That is that is fine uh, but what it is is it's a game that was pretty well it was beautifully made really yeah. seemed really well honed uh it's not one of these big empty open world games it uh it, it seemed like it had a, a a pretty good story with a real ending not trying to be like a giant endless time suck um you know not a not a bunch of stuff you can buy in there you know it just seemed like a pretty fun video gamey video game and i am here for it and it has a fiona apple song in the soundtrack yeah may i I give you a few of the tags on wikipedia for this game um chosen by me uh includes graffiti video games prosthetics in fiction uh video games about slavery and video games with cel-shaded animation (laughs) <laughs> video games about slavery i guess technically, <laughs> technically. Uh, are the robots the slaves i get I, or, I don't know um it's uh i mean there's a there's a whole plot line about like um uh mentally enslaving people mind controlling people so i guess there's that sure um the um uh the game is about so how long to beat list this at 11 hours for a regular playthrough so it's actually a little long for us and i don't think any of us actually finished it you know we all like gave it our best try um it's not the not a genre that i like make this fast is a game for bite sized playing i don't yeah. want to play this for more than a song at a time like they the songs are the levels and i think like i yeah, would want to yeah. play a level like a song and stop for the night and that's mm-hmm. the pace it seems designed for Absolutely. Yeah. The, the levels are called tracks and, uh, and each one, honestly, they're a little long. Like if I had, there, there are, I think 12 or 13 of them. Um, and to be honest, like if I had one small complaint about this, I think that the, the levels are a little long. Um, I, I think they should have made, you know, made them about, uh, 25% shorter. Uh, there's a lot of segments in them where like, Oh, okay. I've, I've fought my way to the hub of the level. And now, you know, a, a friendly robot tells me I need to like go down these three different hallways and fight mini bosses at the end of each and flip a switch at the end of each hallway, basically. And I'm like, uh, couldn't it have been two hallways, you know, a lot of that kind of thing. Um, but uh, I think it's 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 very good about checkpointing, like we mentioned. Um, so this is a game to probably play in smaller bites. That's what worked best for me. It was like, just play it until I got 
slightly tired of it, stop. And when I came back, I was exactly where I left off for the most part. So um, good for that kind of thing. Uh, this is uh, it, when we talk about Game Pass games. Um, I think the last one we covered was Pentiment. So I've been mentioning the uh, the the streaming experience. If you're a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, I think I think maybe all Game Pass subscribers. I don't remember if it requires Ultimate. You can do the like streaming from the cloud thing, um, which I find really convenient. Um, but this game absolutely does not work that way because because of the rhythm uh, aspect, like the lag that's introduced from streaming this game from the cloud um, makes it absolutely unplayable uh, in that. Oh, in that speaking format. of streaming, uh, there's a weird option I've never seen before in this game, which is in order to avoid copyright strikes, if you're a Twitch streamer, yeah. you can flip a switch and it will replace all of the like needle drops with fake needle drops. I started seeing that as uh, uh, like this isn't the first place I've seen that. I've seen that in a number of games recently, like games that have licensed music, uh, uh-huh. introducing an option to replace it with like generic right holder free, you know, copyrightless mm-hmm. uh, music. And um, I'm always a little curious to try it just to see what they picked, you know, because like there's some very like unique you know, songs in this. And did they just like get a sound alike, you know, for the, yeah, the black they keys did. or something? No, they had a, they got a, they got a specific band. I, I, I saw the name, but I've forgotten it already, but they had a band that basically did, um, sound alikes for all of the, all of the licensed tracks. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I'm glad to see that, you know, exist. I'm sure it's like a ton of extra trouble. And, uh, you know, when you're already going to the expense of, uh, of yeah. doing licensed music, but yeah, good option if you're a Twitch streamer, I guess. And, you know, they want to get that, uh, free advertising. Speaking of things I've never seen, uh, that this game did, um, did, did, did you guys like quit out to the like hideout menu thing mm-hmm. in the middle of, did you notice that every level had a different little bit of dialogue, uh, where the characters would be like, Hey, what, how do we get here? I thought we were about to fight the boss. <laughs> you know, I don't think I noticed that. It's it's kind of neat. They got a little. They seemed they had different ones for all the different levels, as far as I could tell. They oh, did some really. Fun. They did some really fun bits. I forget which level. Um, there's a level where at the end you get. So every every time you boot it up, you know the 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 the. the main menu is them hanging out in their little like home base, and you know you're sitting on a couch, and there's the cat there, and um usually it begins with like, okay, let's go on our next mission or whatever. And, you know, it goes from a scene back at the home base out to wherever you're, you know, the level is going to take place. And, and one of the levels, um, the previous level had ended with uh, Chai being captured. And then, you know, when I started up the game, uh, it came to the, the home base menu. And, uh, and I was like, I thought I got captured, but you know, I didn't even put that much think thought into it because like, well, you know, it's the home menu. It's the main menu of the game. Right. Mm-hmm. And you boot into it. And, and I'm sure this is, this happens regardless, not just because I was booting in from the, from the main menu, but, um, but it does the exact same thing. You know, the, the characters are in the little base and they're, they're hanging out and, um, and the, they're, they start chatting and I forget exactly what they're saying, but then they start saying, saying like, yeah, Chai snap out of it. And and snap out of it, snap out of it, snap out of it, and they all just start saying snap out of it, and then they start snapping, and then they they start playing some jazzy music, snap out of it, snap out of it, snap oh, out of it, and he's like snap, and finally he's like snap out of what, 
<laughs> and oh my like, god! Oh, oh, he was he was he's waking up in a jail cell. <laughs> Amazing. It was it had some very like I, and that was a really memorable bit because I thought I actually laughed out loud and I you know it was very um lots of really good moments with the characters in this like uh, the characters are a little thin you know their food names their their cartoons their archetypes but they uh they they did a lot with them they made them work uh, and good voice acting we didn't mention that but like throughout this is like a fully voiced game like every line and uh they got you know good voice actors everybody was really uh bringing their a game on it i thought for you know cartoony voice so uh do we have a minute for what's making us happy this week shane what's making you happy this week well i i'm not sure if i should talk about this or not because maybe it'll end up being an episode but probably not uh probably not yeah I what you're talking about this is a new game that came out and um it is in early access called Sons of the Forest. Uh, I did not play the original The Forest, uh, but The Sons of the Forest is a survival um, horror game like a, a that. It's it's a really, really neat one. Um, the Reagan and I have been playing it together, um, and I was very surprised, Reagan, when you asked me if I wanted to play. Uh, this game uh, because this seems like so not your thing. Uh, survival yeah. games are abs- what I'm not. I would love to know how it was that you decided that we should play this. But I'm glad that uh, we did. Honestly, it was like a couple of weeks ago. You had been talking on the podcast about playing Minecraft with like your nephew. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and uh, it had me thinking like, you know, I don't have a hangout game with Shane lately anymore. And um and then I heard somebody talking about the, you know, this this new thing releasing mm-hmm. and and I don't know, something about the idea of like um, combining the like the, sur- the survival gameplay, like the like crafting and building bases and whatnot is never my like main thing. But like the the graphics in this looked quite neat. They look realistic ish and they um, uh, it's a you know, it's about an island setting with various different areas and, you know, collecting weapons and trying to defend yourself and uh, this like sort of horror vibe to it. And um, the overall plot is something about like rescuing some you're like a team of special forces people like going onto this like weird island where something strange has been happening has kind of like vaguely lost vibes because there's yeah. like yeah there's like weird weird installations there are the 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 island is overrun by cannibals just many 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 cannibals um but uh you know you have to defend yourself from these uh these you know weird cannibal people and then there's just like, you know, weird stuff happening on the island and and something about it just it, like it, it seemed like one of these like survival games, but it had maybe like a it's in early access still, but like has a little bit more plot or at least mystery yeah. to it. I, than most. I'm really used to survival games like so Minecraft is without a doubt my most played survival game, but I've kind of dipped my toe in other things like Don't Starve and Valheim and uh, a few other things. I probably think of others, uh, but uh, oh, No Man's Sky. I've sunk insane mm-hmm. amounts of time into. Um, but uh, this one is really neat because it it for me is tying the threads back together of survival and survival horror. You know, mm-hmm. all the survival horror that I've ever played has been pretty linear, um, you know, Resident Evil kind of stuff. Um, and 
the survival that includes the more simulation-y elements of survival um, has all been stuff like like those other games I mentioned. Uh, but this one really kind of puts both of those together. You are in a world where you're literally never safe. There's monsters coming to kill you, cannibals coming to eat you all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, but in that, you're actually on this absolutely beautiful island that has, like, seasons that change and uh you know you can it has a really clever uh construction uh system that i've never seen before where you you know you get grab your axe and you chop down trees and and the logs really kind of just fit together like like lincoln logs um and you could you know you chop the logs into into different lengths and use that to have a, a great degree of freedom um, in the in the building and the design of of your base that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I mean, absolutely getting wrecked in this <laughs> game. Yeah, it's really hard. It's like at this point, man, we're just getting annihilated. Um, there's, I, I've been um, because it's still pretty early. Like it's it's in early access and it's brand new, and I don't think they've even really been any major updates to it yet. Um, it's 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 a little sparse. So like the it's it's very it's very deadly. Um, and it's kind of hard to get a foothold or toehold with, you know, the, you know, the base building or to find any safety. It's very hard to like get enough materials to craft weapons more, uh, deadly than like a, a, you know, a tomahawk type, um, little like, like mini ax type of thing. And, uh, it's, yeah, I, I feel like some of that's coming later, right? Like, I, I think the, um, the ability to like build anything particularly interesting is still kind of like it's not so much that like you can build and i've seen people like building incredible log cabin skyscrapers in this game uh you can build a lot of really cool stuff and the system for building is really good what i haven't found so far is a really good reason to build things yeah because um the 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 enemies are extremely good at knocking down your log cabins. Oh uh, no! And and the 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 benefit of having a log cabin to sleep in is fairly equivalent to having like a mylar sheet to sleep under. Like it's not yeah. that much different. So uh, that you know, is kind it, of it, odd. It's like it, it it um the you expect like from the Minecraft type of games that like that there would be like a day night cycle where there's like safe periods for you to go out and explore and build and more dangerous periods when you might want to hole up in something that you build like a cabin. But that's not the case in this game. It's dangerous all the time. Um, yeah, the, the gameplay is very good. And a lot of the gameplay is like you're, you're kind of managing meters. There's a hunger meter and a, a sleepiness meter and a, I don't know, thirstiness meter. I've never actually played a game where I had to constantly be um, aware of a source of fresh water. Like that was kind of interesting. Like, and mm-hmm. especially when winter hit and a lot of uh, the lake I had been drinking out of froze over and I had to find a different source of fresh water. Uh, so there, that the survival elements, the survival gameplay is good. Um, it is tuned to be hard. Like you are running, mm. a, you, I've been running away a lot. <laughs> I think they want to keep it, you know, because it's like a little light on content still at this point. I think they want to keep it challenging for the, you know, for people who are 
going to be in it for the long haul. My, my thinking on it is like, I'd probably want to play like another couple of sessions, but at some point I think we put this thing on the shelf and come back to it when they've yeah. done some, uh, some more updates. It, it, it does also, I mean, it is also a gorgeous game. The graphics are really good. It does kind of require a, uh, somewhat, somewhat beefy PC as far as I can tell. Hmm. Um, anyway, this, my impression of it so far is good. I am games like this survival games tend to benefit from being this kind of early access thing. Just ask no man's sky. Um, and, and so I'm very curious to see where this goes. Um, I, I, I look forward to having a reason to build a building a, a log cabin with you, Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's apparently done really well. It was, it was like the top game on steam for a while or something. So I think they're going to keep working on it for a good while. Um, Laura, what's making you happy? So it is the time of year where my, uh, movie consumption is incredibly erratic because I'm trying to watch the best pictures from the previous year that I haven't seen. And I, the ones uh. I delay seeing are all the really bummer pictures, like, or like the, for the ones I don't think I'm going to like. And so I counter program with absolute nonsense. So, <laughs> um, I will say there's been some lovely, Hidden gems. I looking at you, Marcel. The Salva Suzanne. You're very charming. Oh, I but, loved that. That's but most of the stuff movie. I've been delaying is like women talking or <laughs> tar or hmm. like you know they're three hours. They're heavy. Um, so I've been watching a bunch of nonsense musicals. Um, now you say this and you're like, Oh, Laura's watching like the ones people have heard of. No, the thing is I've watched those. So now you're going into the weird back catalog of the things people don't talk about. But the thing is you watch a uh, meet me in Las Vegas or it's always fair weather. And you're like, well, this is pretty mediocre. And then there's an extraordinary like, Oh my God, this is why people watch this movie dance number. And you're like, aha, mm. you I'm going to remember. So I'm going to recommend just don't, don't be me. It, yes. Maybe in Las Vegas has a weird scene where um, the plot of that is that um, a ballet dancer and a gambler, when they hold hands, they always win. Hmm. Um, and it gets increasingly weird. Like, chickens lay eggs when they walk past and like <laughs> like oil shoots from the ground and it's very um it's not as sexual as that sounds somehow oh, lucky um, in love adorable but then like they'll have a very strange number about like um hell is a woman scorned and a bunch of ladies will come out and do like a, a weird modern dance number for no reason um so yeah there's a lot of cool stuff if you just look in the weird outskirts of mu older musicals that you do don't go to the FI list. If you don't want to have the full experience, I understand. Just Google these two things, Shitsuri's Frankie and Johnny, and that is the best part of Meet Me in Las Vegas. It is an absurdly good, um, like, it's sung by Sammy Davis Jr., and they just mm, yeah. sing a whole song, Frankie and Johnny, about a woman killing her cheating man. And it's the whole thing's danced and it's great. And then there's a song called Baby, You Knock Me Out from It's Always Fair Weather, which is a pessimistic musical about um, three people who met in the war. And they're like, we're going to meet in 10 years. And they meet in 10 years. And they're like, you're all assholes. That's literally the plot. I hate you all. <laughs> Good story, guys. <laughs> and then... Sid Jury sings a song with a bunch of like 
um, just like cauliflower ear boxer men's called Baby Walk Me Out, where she just happens to be a dame who knows about boxing and they're so excited they sing a dance number. And it's great. And I was like, hey. And the other, that musical is also famous because Gene Kelly does an entire number on roller skates. But mm. I mean, if you want to see a pessimistic musical, it's there. Or you could just YouTube Baby You Knock Me Out and have a really good four minutes. So. I encourage you to do that. She's the best dancer in film history, period. And uh, you don't have to watch the whole movie to see those numbers. Thank you, YouTube. (laughs) Thank you, YouTube. Well, I'll just make my what's making me happy this week to co-sign Shane since we did play it together. But I'll also say that I'm very happy to have uh, recovered. I I was very sick with a stomach bug for a few days there, but I'm I'm on the mend and uh, things are looking up and I'm looking forward to getting back to things uh, and playing some more games. So listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. You can find our show on the Internet. Um, I'm changing the way we do this outro a little bit because I have put all of the links together in one place and you can go to shortgame.fm shortgame.fm doesn't that roll off the tongue and read well in a podcast Uh, shortgame.fm is a new link that you can go to that gives you all of the different links to all of the different things for the podcast so for example if you go to shortgame.fm you can find uh, the show's Twitter the show's uh, Mastodon account the show's a link to obviously our website where we have the actual podcast and its show notes and everything Uh, you can find a link to our Patreon where you can support the show all of our patrons get access to our patron only discord and uh we chat about the show there we plan things there we talk about upcoming episodes we also just talk about whatever is on your mind we'd love to have people join us there so join our community and um, you can simply play the podcast from that url you can indeed there's a little player on there so shortgame.fm shortgame.fm shortgame shortgame.fm FM. Yeah. Uh, And uh, also you have links to all of our socials. So uh, we don't have to say them on the podcast anymore, although I will anyway. So you can find me. I'm Reagan Kelly. Thank you for joining us. Uh, You can find me on Mastodon at Reagan, R-A-Y-G-A-N at bird.rodeo. Shane, where can people find you? On (laughs) shortgame.fm. Oh, God. We're going to have to rethink this whole section. Laura, where can people find you? If you go to shortgame.fm, you'll find my link. But um, basically, I'm on Mastodon and Twitter. Uh, just go to that one link. Reagan has saved us all time. Yes, except now I'm making it harder. All right. Thank you, listeners. And uh, we'll be- meet you back next week for another episode of The Short Game. .fm. <laughs> <laughs>